Hello everybody and welcome to episode one, series one of the Cladding Scandal podcast. My name is Sophie and I probably like the majority of you listening, um, if anyone is listening, is a resident in an apartment block in Birmingham where we have a major cladding and fire safety issue. This has only come to light in the past couple of weeks for me, myself personally, and and my fellow residents. But I'm aware kind of throughout the country, particularly London, Liverpool and Leeds up until this point, they're possibly one stroke two years into this cladding scandal nightmare that everyone finds themselves in. I'm only in this episode only going to briefly explain my situation and and some of the facts around it and then in the subsequent episodes I will be hopefully interviewing as many residents as possible. So if you are listening to this and you would like to be a part of it please please give me a shout. Um, I will be putting an email address in the notes of this podcast um, and I'll happily interview anyone who is willing to share their story because I know personally in our block in Birmingham we have hundreds and hundreds of different stories because everyone is in far far different um, situations and circumstances and I feel that people need to hear them to build a community to help each other along the way to share tips and information and again in everyone's in different parts and stages of the process if this can help anyone um that's basically the the goal that I'm after and also for publicity so if you have a big following on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook or anywhere or any influence whatsoever please feel free to share this Um, we feel uh, the more this is in the public domain the more people involved the more people who understand and know about this uh, the quicker this can hopefully um, be solved and sorted for for everyone involved because um, if anyone is like me, which I'm sure the majority of people are in, your life feels on hold at the moment. You don't feel like you can be planning stuff in the future. You don't feel like you're in control of your own destiny. You feel like you're trapped. You are worried. You're anxious. You're not sleeping. You don't know how on earth you're going to be paying these bills that that will start landing on your doorstep every six months for an increased service charge, never mind the demand of the the actual payment to remediate all of these works. So um, please feel free to share and contribute. So this is my first attempt at a podcast and as I explained previously I wanted to um, just touch on the topics that are affecting people with cladding issues, fire issues um, and everything um, that goes along with being a leaseholder at the current time. So I thought um, before I uh, go out to the wider public I would um, ask some questions of my husband Phil who's here. Hello. Say hi, Phil. Hi. <laughs> hi. 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 Um, so this might be a little bit more jovial than other interviews I do, just purely for the fact that we're married um, and we're currently sat in my parents' airing cupboard because I've been listening to some podcasts on how to do podcasts and apparently you need somewhere small with lots of soft furnishings that absorb the sound. So hopefully this sounds okay, but um, if not, we, m- we might give it another go. Um and also, seeing as probably the majority of you listeners discuss with your 
husbands, families, wives, daughters, sons, um, on a daily basis, the, what's going on in your lives regarding cladding, uh, as do Phil and I. So I figured we may as well record some of it, note some of it down, and um, if it helps anyone or um, gives advice to anyone, that's obviously the aim. So you ready to get going, Phil? Yeah, of course. Very good. Um, so let's go back to the beginning. When did this whole fiasco start for you? Because obviously I know when it started for me, but you and I, um, it's probably safe to say, often open letters and just not really consider them or read them. So in terms of time scale and stuff, when did it start becoming more serious for you, do you think? Well, I think, first of all, it was when we had our house on the market, so we were looking to sell the flat that we currently still live in. And one of the um, the buyers who we'd accepted an offer from, their their offer basically was, was pulled and we couldn't end up selling our flat. And one of the issues that was raised was the increase in service charge to pay for some of the remedial work that, that basically was anticipated to be done to, to make our block more safe. And I think when we knew that we couldn't sell our flat or that people were concerned about buying our flat because of that reason, I think that was the the first time that I thought oh this might be might be a bit bit serious now yeah I think it's also fair to say for us it it increased but not a huge amount did it it kind of increased by maybe 15 percent and we had a letter saying it was down to uh the increased um kind of secure awareness and security we had to have regarding fire following Grenfell and we didn't we didn't really think much of it in into it. We just assumed it's for a period we had to have waking watch and after a year or so it'd go back down. Well, I think that's that's what I thought at the time anyway, about 18 months ago, wasn't it really? Yeah, I think I was exactly the same. I think it, it, it's only been really in the last couple of weeks since the meeting that was held um, where our management agent was explaining the severity of what happened. I think for me personally... Because you attended that meeting and I didn't. I think when you, when you came back and I could see how visibly shocked you were and and how anxious you'd become almost instantly following the, following that meeting. Um, I think that's when my, sort of how seriously I was taking it completely changed. I thought it was something that might, you know, a bit of work would be done and then it'd be fine. But um, I think after that particular meeting, where a lot of the leaseholders were present and asking you know a lot of questions which got more detail out of the management agent i think that's when I've, I've definitely started to take it a lot more seriously and obviously over the last couple of weeks it's it's escalated yeah i think um as well it was um we'd had a couple of letters over the past 18 months about the waking watch and the increase in service charge and yeah. then we'd gone away for two weeks just after christmas and in that time we had a letter from the management agent saying there's a residence meeting yeah and um, it's it seems like from that period, it for for everyone that we not that we've spoken to a huge amount in our blocks because I think at the moment for us and this is one of the aims of the podcast is there's quite a lot of, lot of apathy about and I think a lot of people potentially burying their heads in the sand thinking it will sort itself out. But um, yeah, for us, I think up until that point, we there was a lot of apathy on our part, and then like you said, it's escalated from Absolutely, there. Absolutely, yeah. Um, in terms of, so in terms of your understanding, and everyone's got different understandings, and I think there'll be a lot of people out there who um, haven't gone to their residence meetings, potentially just glanced over the letters. 
are looking on Twitter or looking on Instagram and and thinking it's a bit overwhelming and they don't understand the process. But just I suppose for you, like ex- explain your understanding of everything surrounding what it means to be a leaseholder, a freeholder, and the implications of having to take out remediation work. And there's not a right or wrong answer, it's your understanding, obviously. Yeah, so from from what I understand, there's there's a couple of different issues at play. So the, the first issue is probably the insurance surrounding any potential tower blocks that people may live in. Um, so first of all, obviously since Grenfell Tower and, and what happened there, and with a, a, a block of flats in Bolton as well that caught fire, um, the first thing was to see whether any of these blocks had a specific type of cladding and I think once people had found out that these blocks had cladding and these didn't there was sort of more in-depth um, sort of things that went on to see whether these these flats were actually safe in, in other aspects as well so for certain blocks there's maybe fire breaks that haven't been installed correctly maybe there's and issues just, around just for someone who doesn't know what a fire break is what What's your understanding of a fire break? So my understanding of a fire break is when each individual flat or, you know, or basically each individual apartment in a block should be should be able to contain a fire in itself. So when you've got, say, one level of, of apartment blocks and then you uh, one level of flat, sorry, and then you go up a level, in that um, that void in between the two the two levels, there should be breaks to stop fire going sort of in between that void um, and as far as we were I think there's a few issues with ours um, regarding that so first of all that work needs to be sorted out and then it's the issue of the cladding and then since then there's there's issues around you know what happens if people have got wooden balconies and all things like that have started to come into play so it's all those different things together um, obviously that all needs money spending on it and the the, the main I suppose the main point of all of this is where does the liability lie? Who does it lie with? Um, as sort of the owners of the flat, as the, the leaseholders, um, we don't really feel as if it should be us that should be sort of hit with that liability. It should really be um, either the people who've built the buildings incorrectly with obviously certain aspects of that. Obviously with the cladding, you know, if, if buildings were built to a certain spec and then, you know, those rules have changed on what's safe and what isn't, then... Um, you know, people um, who can't afford it, the government probably will have to step in with that, you would have thought. Um, they've already stepped in with a, a certain pot of money, which is nowhere near enough. So it's just, at the moment, just trying to to lobby the government to try and try and increase that pot of money to, to help people out, really. Yeah, and you're talking about lobbying the government for anyone who, who doesn't know. There was, um, there was a rally last Tuesday, which... Um, my figures might not be overly correct, but there were thirty over thirty MPs who showed up, showed their support. Um, the main ones being Sadiq Khan, Andy Burnham, um, Hilary Benn, um, our local MP Shabana Mahmood, um, who who's showing us great support, and I, uh, lots of others. So I think um, again for anyone who doesn't know, but I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you you you're probably well aware of it. But um, like Phil said, there's aspects of remediation work that that the government should be stepping in to um cover at the very least um in our eyes so yes um and i suppose getting on to that point have like i know for for you and i it's it's become a lot more 
well, we feel it's become a lot more serious for us and our understanding of it the past couple of weeks and it seems to be escalating quite quickly. Personally, what what have you tried to do? Like how how would you how would you think that you, you could you could somehow have some kind of steer on on where this goes and ultimately kind of sounds cliche but your destiny um and and that potentially other people could could do something similar or ideas around that so first of all i have never been one of those people who'd be <laughs> going to a protest or going to a march or stood on a picket line or anything like that that's just not i never thought that that would be something that i would ever see myself doing it and I'm not sure why I don't know whether it's because um in our own personal lives that everything is really pretty much gone the way we would have hoped it to have gone in yeah. terms of jobs maybe starting businesses and that type of thing and we feel, always feel as if we've been in control whereas this is probably the first time that um I feel as if I, I have to step in and, and do something I think because a lot of the governmental problems or whatever, you, you, you feel as a just a general member of the public that you can just step back, maybe bury your head a little bit and, and everything will sort itself out, whether it's, you know, a particular tax change or something like yeah. that. You just think that you can, you can ride it out and in time it'll sort itself out. But I think the main thing that's come from this is that it's people don't really understand what's, what's happening and all the issues around it. Um, people are either opening these letters and just think, oh, it'll sort itself out, or people don't understand the severity of it. Um, which which we, we, up until about three weeks ago, that was us, wasn't it, really? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, the, I mean, the first thing that's that, that I've done personally is, I mean, we've joined, obviously, a, a Birmingham, you know, cladding action group, which is um, essentially just made up of a, a few people in our block who are, who are concerned about what's going on. Um, obviously, a few members of that went down to the the protest to speak to MPs outside Parliament um, and really just start being more of a presence on on social media whether it's amongst friends as well trying to to just spread awareness of what's happening and try and see um, you know outside of Birmingham what is happening in, in Manchester or Liverpool or London or wherever people have, have sort of had letters and, and this work has, has, has started to happen um, just trying to you're just trying to get a bit of understanding. On on that point, um, again, you don't need to go into specifics because we we don't know if these people would like us, um, talking about their specific situation. But on the general terms, we've we've got a couple of friends who have, um, apartment in in Manchester and and one in Liverpool. Um, briefly explain the com couple of conversations you've had with them this week. Um, like the Manchester one, he that they've had a bill land on their their doorstep this week. What what was the amount was that for? Because Again, it's not specific, so it's. Um, I think it's given a good example, at least. Yeah, so I think there's there's two there's two sort of main issues. So the the more acute one is the raise in the service charge. So I think for a lot of people that was probably five times what it was. So if you build mm. sort of biannually, you might have been getting bills anywhere from maybe a thousand to fifteen hundred pounds, maybe. Um, and the latest bills that people are getting through are sort of anywhere from sort of five to eight thousand, which is. Mm. Obviously really just shocking. for the service charge yeah just for the Mind service me. charge and then obviously the other point is if you're in a position like us and, and like a couple of other people that, that you know that we're friendly with um they might be looking to sell a property or they might be looking to to remortgage so um i think if you were on for example if you've got a two-year fixed rate or a five-year fixed rate and that rate is coming to an end and you wanted to to sort of go to another bank or you wanted to ring your bank and try and 
you know, negotiate a new two-year fixed or five-year fixed, and that's now becoming impossible because banks don't want to to lend on a an asset that's effectively worth zero. Um, mainly because these obviously the remedial works haven't been carried out. So because um, that hasn't been done, that you know that's in danger of making the insurance um, null and void, which essentially means that the asset's worth zero. So all of these things, which again is is our understanding around it all. It's um, and potentially um, sensationalising it, but ultimately, if that is the case, your 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 property can ultimately be worth zero. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's not happened as far as we're aware to people yet. Just as a disclaimer, I suppose, but um, more of that's that's the potential of, of what this situation could escalate to. Yeah, so it's it's just a case of trying to. If you did want to move house, people are essentially trapped in their in their own houses. They can't mm. they can't remortgage. They've maybe flipped onto a standard variable rate, which might be you know fifty percent or a hundred percent more than they're paying at the moment. So all that disposable income has then disappeared. Um, you know you you might not be able to pull out any equity to to pay for an impending bill, which might you know might be anything from well, I think in our pockets somewhere between forty and seventy thousand pounds per leaseholder. So if you can't take any money out of your property, um, you know, there's probably not that many people who would be residing in properties like ours who maybe have access straight away to, to forty to seventy thousand no. pounds to pay a bill. <laughs> Don't um, the majority of people do, do they? No, so it's about it's about fighting for that really. Yeah. Okay, great. And I think I don't again don't want to be um too long in this podcast because I think it's more of an introductory one, but we are easily, which we found um the past couple of weeks getting carried away, um, discussing everything to the nth degree. But what would your what what would your advice be to people just finding out about this issue or even if people live in apartment blocks and think look at their building and think oh i it's all brick i i won't have a fire problem or i don't really know what cladding is or they don't they don't think they have a problem would what would your advice be would it be like just to to really hammer on the door the management management agents how how would you do like do do you think this could be a, a nationwide issue it's not just exclusive to cities and high rise flats have you got any view on that or yeah i mean it's definitely going to affect obviously the the high-rise flats that we live in um first of all but you know whether it then moves on to commercial things whether it moves on to hotels and you know whether it's council-owned buildings or, or public private doesn't really matter um yeah i mean i can encourage people just to get as active as as possible um any meetings obviously that are held within your block from your management agent sort of outlying you know, plans or even just different fire tests to be done. Uh, definitely get down to those meetings. Um, if there's any, obviously, local action groups, I know there are, there are ones, obviously, in Liverpool, Manchester, Birmingham, London now. Um, just have a look at them on social media, on Twitter or Instagram, Facebook. They're, they're pretty easy to find. Um, just start sharing information. If you if you get a bill or if you get a letter, um, it's much easier to, to get a picture of what's going on when you hear different people's stories. So mm-hmm. just try and be as obviously as open and as honest as possible and any sort of anything that comes to light just just share it and all we can all work together to try and to try and come to it because we've definitely even though it's been horrible the past couple of weeks with um going around to our our kind of neighbors houses midweek in the evenings having a glass of wine and discussing kind of action points or or just discussing it in general it's it's a horrible situation but it 
well for me personally and I, I think for you as well it's um it's been nice knowing that you're not in this situation on your own um and getting other people's thoughts and ideas and um kind of it's it's a horrible situation but a sense of community um because i think probably a lot of cities you don't really know your neighbors very well do you and um it's yeah come out um, like a a good things coming out of a bad situation i suppose yeah absolutely yeah. yeah yeah and that's it folks my first ever podcast so thank you for listening thank you for bearing with me Hopefully you found it informative or potentially inspired you to join an action group or to lobby your local MP. If you would like to take part, as I said before, please feel free to send me an email and we can sort that out. And um, yeah, please listen out for my next podcast. Love to you all. Thank you. Bye.